new intro music this week. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Dude, it gets me every time. It's it's always so much more guttural and deep than I imagine. <laughs> Dude, that, that, I think that's the uh, the intro music for this episode. <laughs> little, getting a little bit country. This <laughs> Hopefully, there's no copyright claims. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. I guess. Welcome back. Welcome everyone. back to the podcast, guys. First thing I wanted to say today is I talked, I think, a couple weeks back about like what do reviews even do. Like, like everyone's always asking, like, guys, please re- rate and leave review, like, rate and stuff, and that's gonna help us. And I was like, how does that help? I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say it helps, but I enjoyed, I enjoy getting reviews and ratings. Cause like, there's like, like for the pod. Yeah, there's like six ratings on, on the pod now, and there's like one or two reviews that were left, and. You, it's you fun. can obviously tell who they are, but it's like so fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they're kind of jokes. And but yeah, guys, leave. And you can't do that on Spotify, right? I uh, I don't think so. Yeah, but Apple, you can. Yeah, we have uh, six five star ratings. Oh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> six and for then, six, dude. Uh, do you want me to read the reviews or no? Up to you. I was just saying, thank you guys for leaving reviews. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll like, I'll skip it. I'll skip it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it yeah, means a lot. Um, you can you can find them yourself. And thanks for listening. How did we do last time? Um, view, uh, uh, plays were a little down, um, but that's okay. You know, totally yeah, no, fine. I'm we're done. still chugging through. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I know that I personally had a super busy week. Watch me. I'm, I'm just like covering up my disappointment from not having as many plays. <laughs> a busy week is okay. I wasn't thinking about those. Oh, I totally was not refreshing it every 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, plays, plays were a little down, but it's, you know, Honestly, not a big deal. I mean, it was still like quite a bit. Um, so feeling grateful for that. And I'm gonna be honest. I think in previous seasons we kind of got to episodes like five, six, and we were like, okay, what are we doing now? And it was like, all right, we're continuing. It was kind of a question. What was our first season six episodes, or four maybe? It was four, yeah. And like the second or third were six was, or whatever. Yeah. And so, but like, we we're setting up the file to record this today again in the studio, and. I, I set up the file for five, and I was like, wow, we're on episode five. And yeah. it feels good. And it's like, I could do five more. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, you know, I feel like in the past seasons, we've, like, come, like, we've made it, like, halfway or, like, you know, whatever the number is. And we're like, okay, I'm, like, getting a little tired of this. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like uh, making the switch to the studio halfway through has definitely has helped. helped um but like you know it is like i don't it's kind of uh i don't like it's fun to do this it's kind of a hassle to like especially that we're doing films like previous previous seasons we've been able to just like hit record and start talking and start talking but, but this this requires more prep but i feel like it pays that, off yeah it pays off you know we are able to you know actually know what we're talking about and are planning stuff out it's kind of a hassle to have to travel 30 minutes to get here. Yeah, but, sure. But, you know, it gets me out of the house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's like, it gets me walking. But, like, but I I honestly don't see, in, like, an end I know. in sight. Like, I could keep doing this for a while. Sorry, guys. We're going to go Yeah, forever. films are coming <laughs> no, no, no. forever. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, 
it is i think fun to talk about movies it's fun to prep and it's fun to like know what we're talking about like you said and like feel good about the episode but i think also like a big part of it has been people texting us and being like yo i really enjoyed this episode which like happened in the past but it was always like hey listen to the podcast awesome job but this episode this season's been like people will text us and be like hey really enjoyed this episode this was interesting what you said and so like and it's in people like asking what movies to watch or like saying hey i just watched dialing for murder like really enjoyed it like that's meant a lot to me and i don't know it's just been it's just been a fun season so thank you guys so much for the support it really it really like gets me excited for saturdays to come and record yeah um i did want to add i did get uh uh some stuff about the lego movie oh sick um this is from brother cole okay um he actually texted me the morning that it came out like an hour after it was released he was like hey man last episode was super good um and so uh last episode we talked about how emmett and lord business represent real life characters and he was like um he was like, you guys kind of hinted at it, but didn't explicitly point out that it's not just them. It's literally like every character in like every Lego character in the film represents someone like in the kid's life. Oh, for example, he said uh, Wild Style is the is his crush that he's too, ti- too shy to talk to, which I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, Batman is the guy who's way too cool at school that he wants to be friends with uh vitruvius is his representation of a grandparent that can't see it all but is extremely wise (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and uh and then he said that's why the celebrity cameos are so similar to actual people because shack just looks like shack because that's like the only representation of the kid that oh in a kid's mind yeah like that's and like abe lincoln and dumbledore etc like he doesn't have like connections like that like he has obviously has not met dumbledore or abe lincoln or whatever so he's just like okay it's you know just a guy talking in a deep voice that has the long beard you know that's dumbledore um but yeah i thought that was uh super interesting thank you for the insight brother cole (laughs) brother cole (laughs) no but yeah that's super great that's See, this is great. Yeah, this brings a tear it's to awesome. Eye. Yeah, just like <laughs> wow, not not that, not that, but yeah, no. But seriously, it's like uh, learning more about this movie that I never would have like noticed, but it just had that much more depth to, to the Lego Movie. So yeah, thank you so much, dude. I'm so ready to dive into Arrival. Arrival. Um, I honestly do not know where to start at all. It's got a lot of stuff in there. It does have a lot of stuff what uh this is your first time seeing it mm-hmm. this is your choice of movie mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. um your first time seeing it my second time i watched it for the first time like three months ago um so pretty recently and you actually announced this movie in the middle of the episode or at the end of the episode like typically i feel like we know what the next movie's gonna be um at least like a couple minutes before the episode mm-hmm that yeah. one I literally picked while we were. But talking. Aiden picked yeah. Arrival. Where I so I'm sitting there like, and I was like, awesome. And in my head, I was like, I just watched this, and I wonder what I'll think about that, like watching it again. And what I'll say is, I enjoyed it more than the second time. That's good. Yes, and I I didn't love it the first time. I was a little disappointed because, um. I really like the director Denny Villeneuve. 
I think is how you pronounce it. Sorry, buddy, if you're listening. Not sure. <laughs> uh, Sorry for the disrespect. <laughs> uh, I'll call him Denny. Denny's what I'll call him for the for the remainder of the episode. But um, yeah, I was a little disappointed the first time because it was like it was confusing and I was like uh, a little boring. But understanding the plot the second time, like knowing what happens and watching it, really adds a lot. So I wanted to know what you thought the first time. Oh, dude, it was actually super super good. Like, yeah. Uh, definitely a film that like there were several points where I was just like sitting there and I get like you know you kind of like get lost in the film whatever and I would like come back to myself and like my mouth would be like hanging wide open and I'd be just like staring at the screen I'm like I have no idea what's happening (laughs) like there were several times where I like put both my hands on my forehead and just like audibly said what yeah um but it was definitely like a super like mind was definitely like torn to shreds while watching it mm-hmm. um definitely messes with you and get gets your uh your gears grinding a little bit yeah um but honestly like i wrote down at the end of my notes i said uh potentially a new favorite film no way yeah like wow. i sincerely loved it a lot wow um i thought that that amy adams was it was weird because like i was walking into the film i was like okay amy adams is going to be like amy adams you know but i've felt like amy adams was totally like not like i felt like it was different than all of her other characters that she's done in like films that i've seen Mm -hmm. which i don't know if i'm just not paying that much attention but i was like i was like i don't like this doesn't feel like amy adams you know yeah she Um, was really good in it yeah i i thought she did really well uh jeremy renner was super good love him i love him um my favorite avenger whoa <laughs> no i'll say it dude that's Hawkeye's bold. my favorite avenger wow all right he's that's, the underdog i love him that's a bold bold call okay um <laughs> but yeah like um i i thought the the cinematography was super good um definitely like definitely. i don't know who produced it but like um i like starting i kind of thought that it was like an a24 film because i feel like a24 is kind of known for being a little more artsy and yes stuff. Um, so I was intrigued. I didn't look it up, but Michael's looking at it right now. Um, but I thought the cinematography was really good. Like every shot was different. Like they didn't just keep coming back to the same shots. I thought the color grading was super interesting. Um, there was a lot of like blue and I feel like blue represents a lot of mystery, um, which I feel like fits in pretty well. Um, yeah, it was super poorly lit in in some cases, uh, which I thought really added to it as well. But yeah, well, I wouldn't use the word poorly. Low, no, yeah, low the, light. Low yeah. light. Not okay. well lit. I'd say poorly well lit, lit, as in there was no light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the cinematographer is Bradford Young, um, and I don't know why I looked it up because I have it written down. Um, but he is responsible for uh, Pariah, um, a most violent year, with Oscar Isaac, which has really great cinematography as well. Selma, I think he did, um, but. Um, yeah, the cinematography was super impressive. I have some notes about it. I mean, the lighting was all motivated and very realistic, mm-hmm. which is like something that I think the movie in general did super well was grounding a story about aliens in reality. Mm-hmm. And it was very realistic. And it, and it made sense to be that way because it's a movie about trying to decipher the language of an alien. It's not about fighting aliens. It's not about like it's not your typical alien movie but it's like about them deciphering 
um, what aliens are trying to say to them and why they're on Earth ultimately. Um, but yeah, the lighting really aided in keeping it grounded and keeping it realistic. And I think that's, you know, and what I mean by motivated is um, light sources on the characters only came from like real things. from real practical lighting. You know, like the lighting in the alien spaceship was really nice. It was like a soft white that came from the alien like tank. Um, and if you watch it, you know what we're talking about. And then um, like lighting inside the military base was all from practical lighting that were in the scenes. Um, and that's really also, I think, a testament to Denny of Gwen. I'm just going to call him by, <laughs> I'm just going to call him by his first <laughs> name. Uh, he did um, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Prisoners, um, a few other movies. And all his movies are, you know, very grounded in reality. Sicario. Um, he also uses Roger Deakins, which he used for Blade Runner um, and for Sicario. And those movies are very much um, grounded in reality through the lighting. Even Blade Runner, this movie that's so huge in scale as a futuristic um, like sci-fi movie, feels very gritty and very realistic. And that's, I think, a testament to both the director and Bradford Young as a cinematographer. Yeah. Um, also, in addition, um, one point going into another, I enjoyed the start of the film, how they didn't necessarily show like what was landing on Earth until mm-hmm. our main character, Amy Adams, actually saw it. Like We didn't see the black thing until she saw it, yeah. which I thought was definitely interesting. Like They very easily could have shown it on a newscast or something like that, but they, they held off until she saw it. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then going into that, um, whenever she first goes inside of the spaceship, um, or what what is it called? Uh, I forget. A pod. That's what they call yes. it. Yes. Whenever she first goes into a pod, um, the like gravity shift super messed with me. I, would, I thought that was super creative. Yeah, that was a cool like, scene. Very, very easily could have just like made it not a factor, but they, yeah, I just yeah. thought that was super brilliant. Um, and then also in that scene when she first, you know, or when everyone, you know, uh, gets lifted up in the gravity or whatever, um, like they they show Jeremy Renner with the ground in the background and he turns around and then there's like a huge focal length shift. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. It's called a, um, a dolly zoom. Yes. And where then, you basically, you roll backwards with a dolly while you zoom in on your lens. And what that does is it keeps the subject in this case, Jeremy Renner looking the same in the frame, but everything else kind of morphs. And it was invented by, invented by Alfred Hitchcock in vertigo. It's famously used in jaws by mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg. And so like the background where he's looking at the ground at like a different gravity stretches away and it's a really cool effect yeah i thought that was super interesting um and yeah i'll toss it back to you if you have yeah i mean you talked about like the experience that we had through louise's eyes amy adams's characters louise um about how she sees the um the pod for the first time when we see it i think that the movie did a good job at um like tailoring a good experience like and like showing subtle things and I, I think this also relates back to like the realistic aspect of the world that they built it was a little bit futuristic right mm-hmm. there were some things like in the classroom um that felt a little bit futuristic i don't know if they ever said what year it was mm-hmm. but a couple of things in the movie felt a little bit futuristic including their house um 
but right off the bat you you see like there's chaos and like students phones ringing in class which i thought also like established her well as a professor right she gets kind of annoyed that students phones are ringing which i've been in classes with phones ringing professors don't care yeah so like that's set totally her, unrealistic that's <laughs> oh, no, no 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 i think that set her tone well because she was like giving these kids a hard time for their phone buzzing yeah. and that she's like a serious person and yep. she's like knows her stuff i think that's what that showed so anyway they get a news broadcast saying like there's alien pods on earth and so like everyone's freaking out and a fire alarm goes off they leave and it's it's not but again it's realistic it's like there's just subtle ways in showing things are chaos she, like every there's a line of cars out the parking lot and she's walking to her car like someone rear ends someone else and they start yelling at each other like it was this very toned down chaos that felt very real once they go to the military base, rather than showing these like drone shots of like huge military operations, there's just a big field in Montana with a kind of small military base that they kind of show in a way that's like next to this monolith of this pod, this alien pod. It's just this little these little humans. And I think everything was just scaled down just a bit. And that's I think why it felt so real and I think they did a really good job of that. Yeah. Um kind of diving into the plot a little bit i like to to do that um so in my notes it's like a super interesting development in my notes of just like i feel like watching the film for the first time was super rewarding um and i was able i'm thankful i was good i got to experience that um so in my notes the second uh second thing i said was interesting opening with the daughter um yeah and under that. that i said how will that play into the film like is this kind of a like mom who lost her daughter and you know almost has nothing else to live for you know obviously you could tell from the the i wrote down flashbacks um that she was a single mom um and so i was like maybe that you know this adds to her character maybe there's almost like a nothing to lose kind of uh vibe to her character and in addition to that um like whenever she went into the uh the university like the day after everyone evacuated and there was like no one there and yeah. she was in her office doing work and i was like okay so obviously like you know she's lost her daughter she lost her husband either to death or like divorce or something and like she literally has nothing else to do other than work so like i feel like if she's the person that uh gets to communicate with the aliens or whatever it's almost a nothing to lose mentality because there's sincerely nothing to lose in right. her life sure which i thought was interesting um and I'll jump in there. Like it. That's why I wrote down watching for the second time was better. And I have under that my first note um, showed mother and child at the beginning of story. And during that, she has a monologue voiceover s- talked about not believing a beginning and ends and how memory doesn't really work that way. And so the beginning of the movie reveals <laughs> what the movie is about. And she was like, doesn't work that way like memory and like but you have no idea you're like oh this is just some abstract honestly voiceover. i i do not remember i know the exactly monologue at all so but in watching again you're like wow from the very start it's about that and i thought that was super special that they were they knew the audience isn't going to know this but the second time around they're going to know this and so you talk about louise having nothing to live for she's just going to work she's sitting at work during an alien invasion until this um military um officer comes in retrieves her essentially like she has nothing to live for like you said 
that's what I thought the first time too. You see like, oh, I guess she lost her daughter. She seems kind of, her demeanor is like, seems very sad the mm-hmm. first time watching it. This time around, it didn't feel that way at all. You see glimpses of her like smiling and like, she making, just seems making more, jokes. She made yeah, jokes on the helicopter. She just seems more like demure in a way. And I was like, oh, wow. Last time I totally saw this, I was like, she was a sad, depressed person from losing her daughter. Like this time around, it's much more kind of just her personality. and She's mm-hmm. not really sad at all. And so really well crafted, the story and, and how I the directing is great because the acting was great. And, you know, these little details were very thought out. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, further down in my notes, um, I I put the question. I said, what do the flashbacks mean? <laughs> Little did I know they weren't flashbacks they were at flashbacks. all. Literally not flashbacks. Um, and I I felt like I didn't really get to write down that many notes because I was, you know, busy taking it all in and trying to figure out what was going on. And I think you said you had a lot of notes. And that's probably because you've seen it. You know what's going on. Right. And you're able to, I mean, even like with the plot, you know it's coming, so you're able to exactly. kind of see the foreshadowing in the beginning sure. and see how that plays out. Um, but towards the end, you know, when everything becomes uh, clear to the audience, there were just so many things that my, my mind just, like, immediately went back to, mm-hmm. like, just throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like normally, you know, in a story like that, I probably would just be like, oh, that's whatever and then i just like turn it (laughs) off but like after the film i was like okay wait so like this moment this moment this moment they were all literally foreshadowing and like i think the the moment that i remember best was whenever uh the flat flash forward uh (laughs) when she was talking to her daughter um about like the science word for a Mm win-win and how jeremy renner's character says it like in the present and then it goes back to the flash forward and it's like oh it's this and i was like I was like, wait, is Jeremy Renner like the dad or something? I was like, this is super confusing. And then, you know, ultimately it comes like later in the film, it comes back to the uh, Chinese president or prime minister or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever however their name's there. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. Um, um, and he like sees Amy Adams' character and is literally like communicating with her through the future in order for her to know what to do in the present. Which which was the most confusing part to me. Right. It was even the second time. It was super super confusing. Um and like like I understood it, but it was also confusing. Like and whenever like right when he showed her the phone for the phone number, I was like, oh my gosh. Like like literally all of these flash forwards are just like at first I thought it was like the aliens just like using her to mm-hmm. communicate or something. Right. But eventually, you know, it was literally just her mind. Yeah. Being able to learn a different language. Right. And being able to see into the future and know what to do and like what to say and blah, blah, blah. I just thought it was super crazy. No, it was. And what, I'm trying to think of what point last time I knew. I think I remember finishing the movie last time and, and not even being sure that what was happening. I was like, I don't really know. But this time, like right from the start, you're like, oh, wow, she's having flash forwards. Like that's not, those aren't even, those aren't even flashbacks. It was cool though, you know, 
Her daughter was making the aliens out of clay. Did you notice that? Yes. And then her picture on the wall had the little canary in mm-hmm. the box that was used to try to communicate with Abbott and Costello, which were the, the alien names, which was also a funny throwback. Um, yeah, you talked a bit about this already, but again, with like the realism of it, um, like you talked about how the gravity change was a big deal. I had that in my notes as well. I had something else said that said show, not tell. And I said that because there's a really big moment when they first take a scissor lift up to the alien ship, the pod. And like the, the alien pods made out of like what looks like kind of like a concrete rocky material. And it's so easy in that moment to have a dialogue where someone says, wow, we're touching something from another planet. Or like, wow, this is crazy. But no one says anything. But I think Jeremy Renner, um, Ian's his name, puts his hand up on the roof and starts touching it. And there's a whole minute dedicated to the scissor lift moving into position. And he's just rubbing his hand on the ship as it goes. And it's really beautifully shot. And it's this really great moment of like, in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, they're touching this thing from another planet. This is a big deal. and they, But they showed it instead of telling it. I think the movie as a whole did a really good job at that. I think also in that moment, he, like, starts laughing to himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh, my, you know. Because it's, like, giddy. It's, like, it's that exciting. And, yeah. And, again, like, you were talking about the flash forwards and flashbacks. Um, and... It was really interesting because the f- and I was talking about how you perceive Louise differently your first and second time watching it. The second time, it really uh. She has these flashbacks and you're like and she looks disturbed and she looks like she's out of breath and like you mm-hmm. know all this stuff, and you're thinking like oh she's having some PTSD because she lost her child and like that's why she's reacting this way. Mm-hmm. And then the second time you watch it, you realize it's like oh she's just reacting out of confusion. Mm-hmm. Like she's never seen this memory before. Yeah. It's as if she's almost having deja vu and she's like, what is this memory? And then she pops out of it and she's like out of breath and sweating. And, mm, that's good. And so, it, and it was like, oh, it's not because she's disturbed. It's because she's just so confused, um, which I thought was a really great touch. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, um, I think um, there was one thing that I actually wanted to ask you about. Um, yeah. There was there were several points during the film where there were like these two soldiers um that were not like significant characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know that we even got names for them yeah um didn't. but there were i think there was one where he uh one of them had a call with his family and then another time where they were like watching a news broadcast and they were just sitting in the beds and it like cut away from amy adams and jeremy renner and um the other guy i forget his name uh forrest whitaker's yes, character yes, yeah forrest okay whitaker. um it like cut away from all three of them and like the like everything put aside and it just cuts these two guys and i'm like i at first i was like i was like okay i feel like there's going to be significance in this like why they're just showing these two guys and i thought it would be resolved but i don't know that it necessarily was i think it was i was yeah to get your no absolutely actually i don't i didn't write this down but it's actually something i wanted to talk about was um I've talked about how it's a subtle movie a couple of times already, but the subtlety of that too was, I think really important because I think again, it's easier. I think about things like, what do I, I guess like independence day or um, Armageddon 
which is like Michael Bay. So mm-hmm. it's like it makes sense. But it's like which is it's like, Armageddon's a good movie. But you have these like American flags waving everywhere and you've got like it's walking in slow motion and huge explosions and all this stuff. And this movie is so, so toned down. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you have a lot of like diplomacy going on or um kind of lack thereof where every there's a there's a attitude of we gotta try to work together of uh finding out what these aliens want from us and then slowly people start turning off their streams with each other and being like okay every man for himself and that really stems from um china saying okay we're actually gonna attack them we're declaring them hostile russia follows one other place did i don't remember who else and then u.s is like we're doing the same thing and so I think it really did a good job of like subtly doing that and not being super melodramatic and like not being super like um, it didn't feel super political. It was just like a, a part of the story. I think those guys, you know, one of them, yeah, had a call from his family and they're like, you got to get out of there. These aliens are dangerous. Like, wasn't that what it was? What uh, they were saying? Yeah, I think so. And like something about like they're dangerous and stuff like that. And it was just like showing like their cogs turning. And people getting in their heads. The other guy's watching like a um, a podcast of a dude who's like like talking about like these aliens are dangerous. The government is like acting like they know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing, which he kind of holding a, a lot of information. Yeah, as well. and he kind of had a point, but it was getting in the soldier's head. Those are the same soldiers that planted the bomb inside mm. of the um, alien pod um, because they kind of took it into their own hands of like. We're just going to get rid of this. And they played it off really well. They showed it subtly, so subtly that you were like, what is this amounting to? And there wasn't a huge repercussion for their actions. The movie heightened in climax by Louise trying to get in contact with um, the general in China. But but like these char- there weren't repercussions for this character. These characters that planned the bomb like you would typically see in a movie instead the aliens don't react to the bomb which i think was the key like and this is actually really interesting there's a movie annihilation with natalie portman and oscar isaac and essentially what happens is a meteor lands and it completely shifts the biology of like a dome in the middle of the wilderness and it's crazy and it has effects psychological effects on people the movie's all based off of a book that was based off of like psychedelic experiments with like mushrooms. And that's what they based the aliens off of. And there was this really cool idea in that movie. This is such a tangent. But there was but I think it's <laughs> I think it will serve my point. There's a really cool idea in the movie. You meet the alien at the end of the movie, and I won't spoil Annihilation. But you meet the alien and it's not like any alien you've ever seen in any movie. It's crazy. And there's this idea that the director talked about in an interview that I watched where it was like, why would we assume the aliens come to Earth wanting a weapon? Why would we assume the aliens come to Earth and are motivated by money or power or are motivated by anything that motivates humans? They're not human. Mm. And that's what these aliens were like, I think. These aliens came to Earth. And at the end of Arrival, they come and they do tell Luis, we need help from you in 3,000 years, so we're helping you now. And you guys are going to flourish because of this because you guys are going to be able to tell the future and there's going to be peace between all of you guys. Um, but there's this idea of like, even though a bomb was planted by humans, 
the aliens throw Luis and Ian out of there and they're like, we're not like getting revenge on you because of this bomb. Because that's not the way these aliens work. They were there to help the humans. They saw Louise. They cling, they cling to her, and r- interacted with her. And like there wasn't a repercussion for this like random soldier's actions. And I think that that was significant because again, with the subtlety of the movie, it was just like it wasn't overplaying the politics of what was going on it was so much about the characters of these aliens and of Luis and I think that's that's why but it still created tension and still created a moment of like oh my gosh are these aliens gonna die is Luis gonna die and but I mean ultimately I think it didn't amount to a whole lot but but and also those those two individuals those characters that were like having these tensions in their head were a small micro version of the world they were showing what the world was experiencing at this time and clearly, like, there were people that were like, why are we not, like, militarized? Like, why are we not attacking these aliens? And then people like Louise were like, no, like, they don't want, they're not trying to hurt us. And so I think they were just a representation of the world. Mm. And they were able to not leave the military base to show that. They just showed it within the military base. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, that was, like, uh, several minutes. That's, that's pretty good, though. Like, that was, a, that was a very good explanation. Thank you. Uh, and I didn't write that down. I meant to write down something about the aliens and relate it to relate to uh annihilation i don't know if i'll pick annihilation for this podcast because we already did an alien movie but guys i'd watch annihilation it has kind of interested though a great soundtrack a really great soundtrack um and great other things too yeah yeah thank you for that that was actually very interesting yeah. um i i think one of the reasons i really love this movie is just because it was so thought-provoking and like you sure uh you know like like a movie <laughs> I'm not thinking while I'm watching the Lego I'm movie. I'm not either. Um, Star Wars. Cole clearly is, though. Yeah. Cole, Cole is, yes. <laughs> That's uh, good. Lego, or, uh, Star Wars, I'm maybe thinking a little bit, but not Yeah, no. not a lot. Like, probably thinking more about just, like, the Star Wars universe rather than, sure. you know, Arrival is kind of like the present yeah. Earth. Um, you know, Dial in for Murder, you're thinking, but it's, you know, it's not like an existential thought. It's, it's sure. just like a a murder mystery yeah movie. there's a lot going on in arrival um and so i think that's why i loved it so much is because you get to think so much about just like all of the different possibilities that one the plot could be but also all of the points that they're hitting on like the director is is you know putting in the film for you to think about which is super interesting um what did you think about what did i think about well, yeah. I think, I mean, majority of the film, I was thinking, you know, what trying, yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. But one one thing that I really, really, really enjoyed was the end um, when Louise has her little monologue about, you know, just like language and communication. And I did feel like the ending was a little rushed. Okay. Like, you know, Louise gets the answer. She saves the world. Um, the alien ships just disappear. She has her monologue, and then the, it's just like bang, 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 like movie over, you know? Mm-hmm. Felt like it could have drawn out a little bit, and we could have gotten to experience a little bit more. I'm not, like, saying that, you know, the ending was ruined because they rushed it. <laughs> like, it was a good ending, right. but um, I think it could have been a, drawn out a little bit more. Um, but I really liked, even throughout the film, just the idea of language, like um, – with the chess like you give these aliens chess 
and all they know is how to like how to play win or lose. how yeah how to play against someone. And, then, and they made the analogy of when everything's I'm I'm butchering this, but when all you know is a hammer, everything else is a nail. Yeah, I I was about to say that as well. Um, and the way well the in the in the way that everyone was handling. Mm-hmm. interacting with them one one country i think australia or maybe the uk was you know was like they can do very advanced math but they can't do simple algebra like in like they were just like discovering different things about the aliens and i think the science of the movie was thought out very well and was really well done like yep. you were saying um but i just thought the idea of language was super cool um and how even in like a present day sense like language is so different in every culture like and i've experienced it a little bit just with you know coming to college and people Mm -hmm. being able to speak different languages there are definitely languages where um you know you're able to say something that gets the point across better than something in english which english is super messed up anyway (laughs) (laughs) but like I, i can't think of an example but like you know let's say someone that i know can speak french and the word that I'm trying to say, it like gets the point across, and you know what I'm saying. But there's a word in French for sure. it that really like nails down I, what I mean. I know specifically know. Hebrew is extremely different. Like there's words that like are I think like barely translatable because they just mean completely different things mm-hmm. um, because it's cultural. Yeah, yeah. I I also really like the point that you made about. Um, you know these aliens come to earth and you know why do we assume that they want to attack earth because literally every alien movie has them coming to earth or not even without movies even human nature it says these people are encroaching upon our territory what do they want yeah that's true even on like a human standpoint like yeah yeah but like you look at aliens and you're like okay these are beings that are probably more powerful than us they are going to hurt us and so I mean, I guess to assume that about something from another planet is stupid, you know, but even animals work that way. And so like that is it's hard to not not say that, I think. And like that's what it showed in this movie was like all these governments were like, we can't take this chance. But then Luis made the breakthrough and it was all OK. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Um, I thought it was a really good message of hope. Mm-hmm. I thought it had a very strong message of hope. The fact that she proceeds with i think having a family knowing that mm-hmm. her child was going to die and she was going to get divorced where it was super powerful and i think that like it was even hopeful after that because like when she said the, the the her daughter was like why did dad leave and she was like i told him something he wasn't ready to hear yet so i made the wrong decision mm-hmm. which obviously she told him I knew that anyway, yeah. our daughter, that Hannah was going to die, and he was mad about that. Jeremy Renner. So even in that, I thought that there was hope that there was still chance for Louise and Ian, because like because there was knowledge of why that decision was made, and I don't know, in a kind of roundabout way, I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. there's hope for them, even though Hannah is gone. But yeah, I just thought it was a nice message, I guess. Yeah, um, I wrote down, you know, communication as a whole not like through war or battle or anything yeah definitely words you know, first hope hope yeah. vibes but like i mean you know people have been preaching this forever that sure you know it's not through war that we're going to become united in one country takes over the world it's you know through 
working together that we're actually able to to yeah you know live in peace it's through knowing the future <laughs> it's oh. through having time travel <laughs> do the, all right never gonna happen to work. <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah uh, maybe in a way that though i think maybe in a way the movie was saying that's never gonna happen it was encouraging because it was like use words you know it was the fundamental principle that you teach kindergartners of use words yeah but you know i don't know i don't know yeah I'll leave it up for you guys to decide that this is what's good about this episode is there's a lot of opportunity for you guys to interact yeah say what you thought about the movie yeah um and i really hope that you watch this before we talk about it because like aiden said it was an experience to watch and it was an experience to watch twice so i hope you guys watch the movie without us spoiling it yeah um <laughs> we should have said that at the beginning well I mean, <laughs> what, they know by now that we spoil movies it's, um, it's a secret but yeah i you know just to sum it up uh like i said at the beginning super loved it um I I think looking back at my uh my favorite movies list that we did in like episode 2 or something like that um I would say that Arrival is probably in the top 10 now. Wow. Um and you know like you said super slow was not an alien mo- movie at all. Um it was definitely like a very like thoughtful film. Right. Um moved in very interesting directions. Um I you know I thought cinematography was really beautiful, the language aspect, especially at the end was super beautiful as well. Right. Um, overall, super loved it. Um, I I I love it. I mean, I wouldn't say I love it because I strong word. Um, I liked it for sure. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I think out of Denny's movies. Um where would I put it? Maybe it's not important that I put it anywhere. But, I mean, better than Enemy, which is a weird movie. Um, probably not as good as, like, Sicario. Have you seen Sicario? Mm-mm. You should watch Sicario. Um, just, just saying you should watch Sicario. <laughs> I'm pulling up a, uh, I'm pulling up pronunciation of Deli- Denny, Denny's name, just so we can have it. Time recipient of the Canadian screen. Just say the name already. <laughs> we are looking at how to pronounce with the typical French Canadian French pronunciation Denis Villeneuve. Do not pronounce the uh, S to Denis, it is silent. I was right about Denny. Do not say Denis. Okay, I'm done with this. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Sorry guys. Um but yeah. Denny, thank you for a great movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm I was glad you enjoyed it. Uh, one thing I actually was thinking about while watching the film, I don't know that we've had it yet, but I think it'd be really interesting as the season goes along that we keep a counter of how many times a certain actor or actress shows Pops up. up. Yeah. How, have there been repeats yet? I don't think there have been. Wait, I like ran wait. through. I think the most Uncle likely James. case would be like someone in the Lego movie. Yes, exactly. Popping up somewhere, but. So far, I don't think that we have any repeats. Um, well, Dylan for Murder, definitely not. Uh, Adam Driver, Rid- Daisy Ridley. Nope. Anyone in Star Wars? Mm-mm. All the Star Wars characters in, uh, or I guess C three PO. Oh, was he, he was in? <laughs> he was in Lego, he was in Lego movie. movie. That's the first one, I think. It's probably the only one. But yeah, we'll start keeping a counter. I, I thought that would be interesting. Uh, there's something else I thought of too, but maybe oh. 
Okay, Talk well, next time. should I announce next yeah, week? Yeah, I'm ready, dude. All right, next week we will be. <laughs> I told Aiden this uh, before the episode. We're gonna watch Pride and Prejudice, and that is from 2005, directed by Joe Wright, um, starring Keira Knightley, Rosamund Pike, uh, Carrie Mulligan. She was just in Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah, it's. Can I say it's my favorite movie ever? Yes, I can. I think it's my number one movie of all wow. time. Wow. Yeah, so um, I picked this because it's my favorite movie. Aiden hasn't seen it, and I'm not I'm, – I'm going to be honest. I'm not expecting Aiden to like it, um, but I wanted to have a conversation about it. Yikes. All right. Well. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this was a good conversation up until I pulled up a video of, <laughs> of YouTube. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah um, – Thank you guys so much. Uh, oh, Pride and Prejudice used to be available on Netflix. I just looked it up, and now it's only on Peacock, the free version, <laughs> which has ads, but it's okay. Um, I think you have to make an account as well. Yeah, just give me your email. Yeah, but other than that. Yeah, it's the free version of Peacock, so it's okay. And other than that, thank uh, you guys so much for listening. Yeah, actually, you know, whenever we put the – uh, question box out on there would like m- now more so than ever i would really like to hear what you have to say don't forget to put it level. up I, yeah i'll put it up okay okay well yes I, I agree i think this episode will be really cool to hear what you guys have to say mm-hmm. um and yeah i think that's it all right um thank you all so much for tuning in today don't forget to uh review uh rate subscribe on spotify because that's what spotify does you just subscribe instead of rate and review um share it to your instagram story um you know whatever it is that you can show support we appreciate it so much uh and we will see you back next time for episode six wow all right season four of the and other stuff podcast okay bye guys